Wow. Great to be with you this morning. I am so thankful to the Lord for His blessings and how He has just honored us today. Thank you for just taking time out of your time. You know, I know we do this we do this every day, and I know that you know many of you can't catch us live when we first do it, and you have to come back later and you'll watch it. But I want to just thank you. There's many of you that have been just have been loyal listeners and, and viewers of our shelter daily. So thank you. I, I'm praying and believing that this is a blessing to your life, and it gives you an opportunity especially uh, that we're sheltered in and without being able to get out and do the things we want to do. So it's just a, a good time for us just to share and just to be able to have the opportunity to uh, be a part of what God is doing. And I'm just glad that we uh, can join with you and, uh, and just the prayer times and the different things that we do here at Jubilee Worship Center, all the different things that we do. I, I'm, I'm really thankful to the Lord uh, through all of this because it's really helped us to stay connected to everyone. Um, as a pastor, that's one of the biggest uh, issues that I deal with uh, is, is just knowing how to stay connected. And, and this is just one of those ways that we do that. So thank you for uh, just being a part of that. Uh, you know, we uh, film these in, inside the sanctuary. And it's, it's I got to be honest with you, it's difficult sometimes when you look out and all the chairs are empty and there's nobody here but the production people and myself, and we're putting this together and, and we're just doing this. And it makes me realize, you know, how important and how wonderful it is when we do have times that we can come together. And, you know, I, I'm just thankful to the Lord for that. I, I'm so, so thankful how God uses uh, these opportunities to share uh, His Word, to get it to you and to be able to uh, make this happen. So uh, really thank you for, for just being a part of it. You know, I, I was thinking about what uh, what we would talk about throughout this week. And, you know, uh, yesterday we talked about the seven things that God would say to us when we're facing battles or facing situations and, and how important it is for us to, to not fear and not break down. And, and it, it's important for us not to allow the enemy uh, to move us away from what God is trying to do. And, and it would be easy for us. And, you know, and sometimes, sometimes we don't do a good job at it. Sometimes we, we mess up. And so that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about uh, how we can move for maybe over the next couple of days. We're just going to talk about how we can move from failure into succession to where we can succeed. How we move away from you know this, this moment of failure in our lives and how that God can take that and use it to bring about a change and bring uh, glory to his name. So let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and let's just give thanks to the Lord. And maybe you have a prayer need in your life. Maybe there's something going on that you would like God to, uh, to move. Maybe there's a, a specific need. I know there's people that I know that need prayer today. There's people that I, that I know that uh, have the COVID-19 virus, and they're fighting that thing. There's so many, the, the first responders that are working on this every day. They need you know, encouragement. They need strength. You know, the people in the hospitals and the, some of you that work in healthcare, you know, you're confronted with this on a daily basis. So we want to pray for you. We want to pray for one another. We want to pray for those that are not well. God would move. There's people that uh, today, uh, Sister Carmen and Brother Hector are uh, at, going to a funeral service for their mother. And, and the Lord is, you know, we're just praying God would just give them strength and courage as they go through there. And I know Jubilee family, I know that you're praying for them. And 
I know uh, for Brother Frank Martyr, I have Brother Wilfredo who's down in Florida or, or in Kentucky. He wasn't able to, uh, you know, that, that distance and not, not knowing what to do or how to get there or if they can or anything like that. There's so many things like that when families are going through these stressful moments. So let's just pray for them that God would just encourage them today. And I appreciate you joining with me. So let's, let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have this morning. Thank you, God, for being with us today. Thank you for uh, just enabling us to, to, to share the word this morning and, and bring comfort to hearts who are going through difficult moments right now, uh, like the Flores family and, and the Martyr family. We're just asking you, Father, to minister to them and speak to them. And, and, and God, just, just touch their hearts. Lord, I know these are difficult times, but Lord, your word tells us that we comfort those with a comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted. And we've been comforted, God, by your presence and by your power. God, we're just believing for that today for them. God, we pray that the word today will bring comfort to them. There are those, God, that are shut in, God, that can't get out at all. And Lord, they're, they're, they, need, they need to hear a word, Lord, that will comfort their hearts. So God, I pray today, let this be that. I pray, Lord, for those that are, that are working right now on the front lines that are still continuing, Lord, to deal with this COVID-19 virus and people that have got the virus. Lord, they're fighting. Some of them are fighting for their life right now. But Father, I believe that you raised up your word. I believe you sent your word to heal us, Lord. And God, that's what we hold on to. And our confidence, God, is in that today. So Lord, today we just ask you, speak to us in a special way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, if you have your Bibles and you'd like to turn with us this morning, open them with me, if you will, to the book of Joshua. And we're going to be looking at the book of Joshua this morning as we uh, go into the Word today. And we're just going to ask the Lord just to, uh, to use this Word to speak. And I want to talk about failure for a minute. Now, I know that that seems like a negative thing, but I want to talk about it from the point of view, from the vantage point that says failure is not final right? Failure is not final. But let's read together. It says in Joshua chapter 7, look at verse 2 and 3. Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the city of Ai, east of Bethel, near Bethaven. When they returned, they told Joshua, Ai is a small town. It won't take more than two or three thousand of us to destroy it. And so there's no need for all of us to go there. Okay? So they've sent spies out, as, you know, they just got done with the victory at Jericho. Now they're going to Ai, and on their way to Ai, uh, they spy it out. They say, look, you know, we've been there. Look, just a small little town. It's not big. Not a lot of people. Don't have a big army. So we can, we can handle it. We can deal with this. It's only going to take a couple thousand. So the Bible says approximately 3,000 warriors were sent. But they were soundly defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the city gates as far as the quarries, and they killed about 30 six who were retreating down the slope. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events and their courage melted away. Wow. Now, can you imagine? They had just seen God do a great victory at Jericho. They completely destroyed Jericho. The walls of the city had fallen. They went in and with, with, without any, hardly any effort at all, completely destroyed the entire city. They were on a high. They were, they were 
uh, on this, 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 just, just climbing this, you know, feeling this euphoric feeling of victory. And man, it's like, wow, look what we did. Look what God did. And now they go out and say, well, we've got another city to conquer. So we're going to go there. And when they go there, they say, man, this is just a small community. We could take this with no problem. We, in fact, we don't even need our whole army. We're just going to take a few people and we're just going to go out there and we're going to, we're going to do this. So, so they go out and, and they do, and when they go with only three thousand men, they're soundly defeated. In fact, thirty-six men lost their lives. And then it says that not only did they uh, lose their lives, but it says that that the the Israelites, the entire uh, camp of Israel, was paralyzed and their courage melted away. And I thought about that. I thought, you know, we've all made mistakes. We've all done things in the past that we wish that we hadn't done. And I can't help but think about that. You know, you've probably seen that that used to see that Geico commercial. Jesus said, we all do dumb things. Uh, boy, I could relate to that. I've, I've, I've done some dumb things in my life. Uh, I've made some, some errors in judgment, errors in thinking at times, and, and, and dealing with failure and mistakes and the like, you know, you know, they're not simple at times. Sometimes they're difficult. And not only my failures didn't just affect me, but it affected others. It affected people around me. Failure and uh, the fear of failure is one of the greatest uh, contributors to stress and anxiety in so many people in life today. Uh, we, we don't, we don't want to fail at being good parents. We don't want to fail at, uh, you know, get failing grades at school. At least most people don't. Um, you know, there's some that could care less. But, but for, for the most part, most people don't want to fail. They don't want to fail at work. They don't want to get fired from their job. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to uh, be a failure at being a husband or, or failure at being a wife, failing in their marriages. Sometimes, you know, uh, failure can be trivial. You know, I think about goofy things that we've done. You know, well, you know, if, if you're a guy, you've probably been told, why don't you put the toilet seat down? I know that seems like a dumb thing, but, you know, we, we, we do it. Uh, or, or, uh, We've, we've, we've done things like, you know, not taking the garbage out when we should or something like that. And, and those things seem minor, but minor things can lead to bigger things in the end. You know, you think, well, you know, does it really matter? Well, you know, uh, how many have, have, have done small failure things, but it led into bigger things like, uh, you know, maybe I wasn't paying attention to my wife and, and then uh, I failed her in some ways and it led me to a, an affair or or I wasn't watching or paying attention to the road signs and it led me to crash my car or I wasn't uh, paying attention to uh, my finances. I wasn't good with my finances and, and it led to bankruptcy. Whatever it is, you know, failure or the fear of failure is a major contributor to the stresses and the anxieties that we have in life. In fact, you know, I read uh, where uh, uh, Vincent Van Gogh, uh, you know, this great artist, failed as an art dealer and uh, he uh, uh, flunked his entrance exam to theology school. He was fired by the church after an ill-fated attempt at missionary work. In fact, during his life, he seldom experienced anything other than failure as an artist. And although a single painting now of Van Gogh could go in excess of $100 million today, in his lifetime, Van Gogh sold only one painting, and, and that was four months prior to his death. Wow. That's, that, I, I didn't know that. You know, 
I, I was reading about another guy like Albert Einstein. You know, I, I read about him, and it, you know, uh, before he developed his theory of relativity, Einstein encountered academic failure. One headmaster expelled Einstein from school, and another teacher predicted that he would never amount to anything. Einstein even failed his, entry, his entrance exam into college. Wow. Uh, I'm sure you've probably seen the commercial that, uh, that Michael Jordan had done, uh, where that, uh, you know, he talked about failure. And I read where that he was cut from his sophomore basketball team. And even though uh, he captured six championships during his professional career, he missed over 12,000 shots, lost nearly 400 games, and failed to make more than 25 would-be game-winning bas uh, baskets. So think about these guys. Failure didn't stop Van Gogh from painting, and failure didn't stop Einstein from theorizing, and failure certainly didn't stop Michael Jordan from playing basketball. But boy, I tell you what, failure has, has paralyzed countless others and prevented them from reaching their full potential. And, you know, and it doesn't take long before that when you read in the Bible, you start reading Scripture, it doesn't take long before you begin to see the different ones in the Bible that failed. And this is what I love about God's Word. God's Word doesn't, you know, it doesn't like uh, paint over people's lives or just only list only the positive things or the big things that happen in people's lives. No, instead it, it really shows us uh, you know, people for who they really were. For instance, you know, Moses. You know, the Bible tells us that Moses, uh, you know, even though he grew up in, in Pharaoh's home, he ended up murdering somebody, ended up spending 50, 40 years of his life, you know, out in the desert. I read about where, uh, you know, John Mark uh, in the New Testament, where he was rejected by Paul. Simon Peter denied Christ three times. Think about that. Abraham lied on more than one occasion about his wife. King David, you know, we read about this great king. He committed adultery. He even murdered, had, had someone murdered. Then think about Samson, you know, how he fell in love with Delilah, even after God told him not to. You know, and yet here these men are, uh, each of them all, you know, lived lives of failure, and yet God used them. You know, some of you may be listening to me right now and watching me right now, and you can identify with this. You know, uh, you, you've, we've all had similar experiences in our lives. We've all had uh, these moments where we've made mistakes and we've failed to learn from them, or we've, you, you, you have too many mistakes in your life or too many failures. And you think, man, God could never use me, and God's never going to be able to, to, to take this heap of junk of failure in my life. But I want you to know that God, God is not through with you. Maybe you have, maybe just recently, maybe you've gone through a recent failure. Maybe you've, you know, you've gone through a recent divorce. Maybe you've gone through, uh, you know, where you're, you, you've really blown it in your marriage or you've blown it with your kids. You've blown it on a job. And right now, you know, you're looking at your life and saying, man, there's just no way. But I want you to consider what Proverbs 24, 16 says. For though a righteous man falls seven times, he will rise again. But the wicked are brought down by calamity. Though a righteous man 
falls seven times, he will rise again. A wicked man is brought down by his own calamity. Psalms 37 encourages us to say this, The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I, I remember a song that was saying, you know, we fall down, but we get up. We fall down, but we get up. Yeah, we do. We, you know, these passages prove that, uh, you know, even righteous good people will fall, but the point is, we got to get up. The fact that, that this passage says that, that righteous men fall, not just once, but seven times. Doesn't just make one mistake. We make many mistakes. You know, I, I often think about that. And, you know, uh, in, our, in our, you know, disposable society, you know, there are uh, some who would be quick to throw away people who have fallen, throw away people that have, that have failed, throw away people that have, and give up on people. And, and, and we, we, because they see no use in them. Uh, you know, they had their chance. They blew it. Some would join the people who, you know, who were ready to throw stones like, the, like they were at the, with a woman who was caught in the act of adultery, ready to throw stones and feeling that it's their duty to destroy them because of their failure. But, you know, you know we, we, we ought to be careful because we all in some way have failed. And that's why Jesus said to those men that were there getting ready to stone her, you who have no sin, you be the first one to cast the stone. You be the one to cast the stone. It was, it was what Jesus was saying. You know, you guys are, are so quick to pass judgment, so quick to point fingers, not realizing that when you point your finger out at someone, there's three fingers pointing back at you. You know, the Bible, you know, is very clear about this, that, that when we read, you know, it's possible for good men, you know, to have their steps ordered by the Lord, and yet, even though that their steps are ordered to the Lord, there are times when their foot slips and they fail. But the difference between a good man versus an evil man is that a good man never stays down. An evil man, on the other hand, never repents, and he just continues to do the same thing and stay the course of his actions. But if you consider yourself to be a true child of God, the righteousness of God, a new creation, then if that be the case, then you know what I'm saying. You can rise up. You don't have to stay down. You don't have to let failure, you don't have to let failure destroy you. You know, um, I wonder how, how do you feel when you don't measure up? I wonder how you feel when it when it's when, when you just feel awful. You know, you you just find yourself at that place where you you know you you you're you're at that place where you see that all life is is is, is this uh, uh, world that we live in. A lot of times, it's like you know it's a performance based culture, and there's a pressure there to be perfect. Uh, when you look at movies, you know it's amazing. You know how you know, always see perfect people. Uh, you know, it's very rare that you see imperfect people. Uh, you know, the, the personal trainers that are doing the workouts, you know, they're the ones, you know, they're, they've, they've got the six-pack abs. They've got the, you know, the right, you know, look. They, they you know, it, it's never, you know, the person that's totally out of shape. 
you know, I, I, I'm thankful that, you know, nowadays we have these, these shows that call like, like my, The Biggest Loser. And they show people going through the transformation. Because you know what? They don't always, we don't always start out with the, the perfect genetics. We don't always start out with the, the perfect family. We don't always start out with a golden spoon in our, in our mouth. We don't all, not everybody starts out that way. There are many people who start out in ways that, that make them, you know, where they're, they're not perfect and they're not all that they're supposed to be and they're not doing all the things that they should be doing. And many times when that happens, you know, uh, we look at that and we, we think, man, I'll never measure up to that. I'll never be like that. And yet God is unique in the way he works with us because God takes our personal failures and he uses them to do great things. And, and, I, and, I, and I'm, uh, I'm amazed at that. And I'm, I'm amazed at, at what happens, you know, that uh, if God can take my failure, what if? What if God could take my failure? What if my failure and the things that are going on in my life, what if God could turn that around? You know, wouldn't it be worth looking into the Word of God to find out? I mean, really, you know, wouldn't it be good for us to really look at what God's Word says about that and, and to really realize that, you know what, God has a way uh, of, of shaping us. And, and, and in fact, here's the thing. I know that there are, there are things that happen to us, and there's, there's responses that we make when we fail. And I, I want to give you a, a couple of them real quickly here because I think it's important for us to kind of zone in. So let me just give you a couple right now, okay? There are uh, of re, of responses that we make when we fail. Number one, we, we have a tendency that when we fail, we tend to want to blame God. You know, when I look at the story of Joshua, in, in chapter 7, verse 7, it said that, that, that Joshua cried out, Sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you were only going to let us be killed by the Amorites? Why would you bring us out here? We would have been content just to stay on the other side of the Jordan. Why would you want us to cross over? Now, now think about this. As soon as they experience one failure, all right, the first thing he wants to do is blame God. God, why did you do this? You ever done that? You ever, you ever blame God for your failure? God, why? You know, if you didn't, if you didn't want me to succeed, why would you do this, God? Why would you bring me here? So here he is crying out, "We've, we've done, I've done it, God. Why, Lord? If you did, if you wanted me to, I remember when we were, when we were uh, uh, working toward moving, relocating our church. We were trying to do that, and we we ran into this one particular snag with the bank, and and I, I remember saying, "Lord, why, why, why does it have to be this hard? Why would you do this?" It's easy to blame God, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Not only do we blame God, but how many times have we, the second thing, we, we, we tend to blame other people. I think about uh, the story of Genesis. And I think about how that, you know, when, when uh, man sinned and God came looking for uh, the, uh, Adam and Eve, the Bible says that when, uh, when, when God asked Adam, what have you done? <laughs> Adam's first response was, oh, it's the woman's fault. And then when the woman, he asked the woman, God asked the woman, the woman says, uh, you know, well, Lord, it was the serpent. He beguiled me. He, you know, uh, and, and so I ate. You know, it's easy for us to blame other people for our, our shortcomings and our failures. It, that, that's the easy part. The, the other thing is, is that there are times when we, when we tend to, we tend to blame, we tend to blame ourselves or uh, uh, blame circumstances. You know, we blame our circumstances for the reasons why we do this. 
I remember reading in Nehemiah, the fourth chapter, verse 10, it says, and Judah said, the strength of the burden carries, carriers, the burden carriers is weakening. And there is too much rubbish so that we're not able to finish the wall. We're not able. In other words, what they were saying, you know, they were saying, it's not my fault. It's just not my fault. It's easy for us to do that. It's easy for us to blame God, to blame others, to blame our circumstances. Those are, those are things that we, those are, that's a reality. We do that, don't we? Well, you know what? If, they, if that's the end of the story, then, then, then that would be bad news. And I, and I want to, I wanna, tomorrow I want to come back and I want us to, to look at uh, signs that reveal how failure is coming to us. If, if it's e it would be easy for us to blame God. It would be easy for us to blame others. It would be easy to blame our circumstances. But I don't want that. I don't want, us, I don't want it to end there. It doesn't have to end there. In fact, I believe that there's, there's things that can happen that help us to see failure is approaching us and we need to look at that and, and then we need to learn how to respond to it. So maybe today you're one of those. Maybe, maybe you've, you've been downtrodden because of your failures. Maybe you've just let failure uh, hold you back. Well, I just want you to, this is not the end of the story, okay? So even though that we're going we're gonna to end it here, I, I want you to, to come back and be with me tomorrow because tomorrow we're going to talk about how we can see what happens to failure. We know that failure comes. We know that it's real. We know that we're not alone in it. And we know that we can blame God or we can blame others. We can look at our circumstances and we can say that that's the reason. Or, or we can take a completely different approach. Remember, the righteous fall, but they get up. The righteous fall, but they get up. We fall seven times, but we still get up. What, how, how is it that a righteous person can get up? What causes them to do it? Well, I believe that it's, a, it's, a, it's a, the way we look at it. I believe it's the way we see what God does. Because if God can take Abraham and make him the father of nations. If he, can, if he can take Paul, who was Saul, and turn him around. If he can take David, who was a murderer and an adulterer, and use him to become a great king, then I believe God can take your failure too and make something great out of your life. Let's pray together. Father, as we continue to look, Lord, through this whole aspect of failure, and we see all the dynamics of it, we understand, God, that many people have failed we understand, God, that it would be easy. And, 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 and there's been times when we have blamed you, we've blamed others, we've blamed our circumstances. But, Lord, uh, that's not the right approach. And I pray, God, that as we continue, Lord, throughout this study, that God will begin to see and listen because your word tells us that a righteous man, a righteous man will get up. A righteous man will not stay down. The, the foolish man, the, 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 the person that's unrighteous, they'll allow calamity, God, to lead them in their sin and stay there. God, that's not what we're going to do. So, Lord, I pray, help us, to God, to, to have a different outlook. And, Father, maybe there's one here today that is, is dealing with failure in their life. God, I, I pray today that they'll understand that failure is not final for them. And, God, that they can, if they'll, if they'll just stay with it, you, God, can turn their failure around to a great success. And that's our prayer for them today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for joining with us today on Shelter Daily in His Word. And I pray that this is, this is stirring your heart. All right? Join with me tomorrow because this continues on. This is not, this is not the end of the story, okay? And we're going to look forward uh, to Wednesday, and we're going to see what God has to say about this, okay? God bless you, and we'll look forward to seeing you then.